Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of History Dweebs. I am Tim, and then, as always, I'm joined by the blue hair beauty, Brandy. How are you today, Brandy? I'm well, Tim. How are you? I'm outstanding. <clears throat> Excellent. And um, we were fortunate uh, as, uh, to have with us today, fresh off the campaign trail, uh, the Honorable Colonel Charles Bullrigod Hawk Walters III, affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Colonel? Oh, Timmy, I got a little bit of jet lag. A little bit of jet lag. Uh, and uh, Did you and take the red eye? I took the red eye. Uh, as you know, the colonel got something going on with his, uh, he got no. a grab in his gleet, as Granny Clampy used to say. I don't know something, what that is. That's, I, that, that, something something that, going on in my back here, but okay. uh, but I'm sure they'll take care of it. I got the finest doctors in the world looking after me, so. Well, you're a presidential candidate, so I'm sure that you'll get the best care possible. Obamacare. Yeah. Well, Perhaps I, you should get trying to sign up for Obamacare. Well, and that's uh, part of my platform, um, Obamacare. Or Colonel Care, whatever you want uh, to call what it. What we're going to do. Yeah. And I it's going to be known as Colonel Care. Well, what we're going to do, Timmy, is, is I don't know if we've gone over this yet on my platform, but what is the what is the big divisive thing in our country today? We have gone over Read Obamacare. We've gone over Colonel Care. No, I've gone over with you, not with our listeners. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, listeners, I want you to listen up. We're going to fix this country by doing one thing. Well, a bunch of things, but the most important thing, my first day in office, Obamacare gone. Obamacare gone. What are you going to replace it with? Well, we're going to replace it with Colonel Care. Colonel Care, okay. Mm-hmm. And what what are some of the features of Colonel Care? Like it, Band-Aid, Rolaids? This could be the same thing as Obamacare. Oh. It's just the Republicans will be happy because Obama will be out of that. The name Obama, they can't stand it. They twitch when they hear the name Obama. But they just love when they hear your name. Well, everybody yeah. but Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz doesn't like you. Well, I thought we was getting along fine, and then the guy tried to do the cutsies in front of me at the at the, at the uh, little buffet thing. The mm-hmm. Sizzler? It, no, Were you at the Sizzler? No, at the, when we was having a having a campaign thing, they had a buffet for us. Was mm-hmm. it the corn dogs? It was pancakes and sausage, Timmy, oh, okay. in Iowa. And uh, Ted Cruz do, did cutsies. And I was like, hey, hey, Ted, get to the back of the line. And he's like, no, I'm the front runner here. I said, you don't want you to front run up. Ted, you get your ass to the back of the line. Right now. So you had a falling out. Me and Ted ain't friends no more. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Colonel, do you have any shout-outs before we get started? I do have a shout-out. 
Um, I would like to give a shout out to the lovely Dottie Scott. My my mom. Hi, Dottie. Uh, Dottie. We're all friends now. Dottie's just a lovely woman. She's my friend on Facebook. Mine too. When Dottie found out that the colonel was having some problems with his back, Dottie just, she volunteered to come over and and nurse me back to health um, if I needed it. She's like Florence Nightingale. She's like, she is. She's a lovely woman. I don't know how... Why aren't you more like Dottie, Timmy? I don't know. I mean, she's a compassionate woman. You got no feelings for nobody, really. No, I'm pretty much self-centered. Okay, do you have any other shout-outs before we go? Do you want to say anything about iTunes? or? Um, you know what? Yeah, I would like to say something about First iTunes. First, thanks to Scott for a very nice review on iTunes. Yeah, and your other two rat sons of bitches that gave us the negative reviews. <laughs> you know what? I ain't looking for Johnny Footstool. After this campaign, once I'm president, I'm going to have the NSA. I'll be able to find you. We got, a couple, of negative reviews on, on Facebook. Actually, they were pretty funny. Um, but if you are listening to, uh, to us on iTunes, we would appreciate if you are listening on iTunes. If you could leave us a, uh, a review, um, of course, we would prefer a positive review. But if you could leave us a review, because that's how people find us on iTunes. So if it's you, it's a little tricky. You got to click on our icon when you get to our stuff, and then it goes to reviews and ratings. Yeah. So unless we told you that, you know, only really geeks know how to do it, and those are the kind of people to leave bad reviews. Yeah. So we've had three reviews, one very positive, and a couple of negative ones. But um, please, if you get a, if you get a chance, uh, check us out on iTunes and leave a review. We would really appreciate it. Okay, so we're going to jump right into the topic today, and the topic is the... That's kind of funny he said jump right in. (laughs) The last public execution in the United States, uh, which occurred in 1936, which is really not that... hasn't been that long ago. Uh, There's still a lot of people who are around who was living in 1936. They'd only be 80 years old right now. Yeah, it's not that that far. Like you? Yeah, kind of. Um, so we're going to talk about the last public ex- execution that took place in 1936 in Owensboro, Kentucky. We're going to talk about the case, and we're going to talk about kind of the, the atmosphere at the time when this occurred. But we thought we would start first with, um, since we're going to talk about the last public ex- execution, we'll talk about, um, briefly talk about the first public execution in the United States. And that's actually occurred before the country was founded. This, account, this occurred in the colonies in Massachusetts back in 1642, where a 17-year-old boy, Thomas Granger, he was... Um, uh, Charged and found guilty of buggery. Of what? Buggery. Buggery? Yes. He was buggering? Something no, buggery. Now, buggery is a, is a crime that just nobody can get on board with that crime. Yeah, it's. There a, are no mitigating circumstances that you could <laughs> say, well, I buggered because. Exactly. You know, I stole a loaf of bread because I was hungry. Right. Well, you know, oh, I mean, I, I, I assaulted somebody because he cut in front of me at the at the buffet line. But buggery, there ain't no reason for buggery. Yeah, and those of you who are not familiar with the term, it's it's really bestiality. And, there you go. And then, as you know, back in well, sodomy. 
could be sodomy. Could be sodomy. But in this case with Thomas Granger, it was bestiality. Apparently, he was fooling around with a local cow and some sheep. It's not and, nice to call people that. And uh, he was, you know, they were pretty strict back in the, you know, back in the colonies, back in the colonies in, in the 1600s. And um, they went by the Old Testament, and that he, the fact that he laid down with the beast. Not only did they have to um, execute him, but they also had to execute the beast. So they paraded uh, some sheep and uh, some animal farm animals into the courtroom, and Thomas had to. Um, he pleaded guilty. He admitted that he did this uh, dastardly deed. Did they put the sheep in a lineup? <laughs> no, they paraded them though, and he picked he picked out the sheep that he had had carnal relations with. And, out? Uh, yeah, actually, a couple of them, and they actually they killed the sheep, killed the cow, and they hung uh, Thomas Granger in uh, publicly, and that was the first public execution in the United States. So, a little tidbit there. Did the it, sheep? Did the sheep have it coming? No, I, 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 you know, I think that's blaming the victim, but I mean, that's oh, just I'm me. Just asking. Sometimes the sheep put the lipstick on. <laughs> the tease. Um, there have been fifteen, uh, over fifteen thousand executions in the United States uh, since the country was founded. Uh, not all these public executions. Uh, our topic today is public executions, but um, the death penalty is currently legal in thirty-two states. Uh, it was briefly declared unconstitutional in 1972 under the Eighth Amendment as being cruel and unusual, but it was reinstated in 1976. There are only four countries today that um, have whole public executions, and those countries are Iran, Somalia, North Korea, and Saudi Arabia. Is everything else private executions? Everything else is, yeah, kind of one-on-one type of deal. The last, uh, but today's topic is the last one-on-one public, (laughs) the last public execution in the United States, and as we said, that occurred in August of 1936 when Rainy Bethia was put to death for the murder. Of, how do we say her name? She's put to death for rape. Lichia. Yeah, rape. Her name but he is, killed her. It was Lichia Lichia Edwards. Lichia Edwards, yeah. who was 70 years old. First, a little bit about Rainey, and then we will um, talk about the crime. Uh, Rainey was born in 1909 in Roanoke, Virginia. Uh, I'm sorry, 1919 in Roanoke, Virginia. He... Um, he was he was orphaned rather early in life. His mom died the same year he was born in 1919, and his father died in 1926. So when he was seven, he was orphaned. Um, there's not much known of his early life, but he moved to Owensboro in 1933, where he worked as a laborer. Um, and um, he was a short guy. Uh, he was only 5'4", five, 5'4 four, five, four and, and weighed 128 pounds. He was like a ninja. Yeah, he was a little tiny guy. He was a small guy. His first brush uh, with the law didn't come until he was 26 years old. And sometimes they, they, he went downhill pretty, pretty quickly. Um, when he was uh, 26 years old, he, in 1935, he was charged with the breach of the peace, which I guess is like disorderly conduct. Um, and that same year, he was arrested for stealing two purses, 
uh, of which he was uh, convicted of a grand larceny, which was a felony, on June 1st, 1935. Uh, and he was sentenced um, to a year in prison. He served six months. He was released on December 1st, 1935. After he got out, he got a job as a laborer where he earned $7 a week. Ooh, that big money. Big money back in the day. Uh, well, it's 1936. This is during the Depression. It, it was during the Depression. I guess you're lucky to have a job at all. I should mention, I don't know if I mentioned this or not, but he was African-American. Um, we'll talk about that. That plays a big role in this. It does. It does. Um, so he gets out on December 1st. and January 6th, he's arrested for drunk and disorderly conduct. Apparently, he liked to drink. He just turned into a one-man crime wave. Uh, well, yeah. And he... You know, he's making a dollar a day, basically, $7 a yeah. week. And for this drunken disorderly conduct, they gave him a $100 fine, which had to, be, <laughs> had to be a lot of money well, back in 1930. $7 a week. Yeah. yeah. He could not pay the fine, obviously, and he was put in the Davies County Jail. Uh, where he stayed until April 16, 1936, which leads us up to June of 1936 and uh, where the story takes off. So in on June 7, uh, 1936, Bethia gained, home, gained access to the home of, Lish, what did we say it was? Lashia? Lashia Edwards. Now, he climbed onto the roof of an outbuilding next door. Then he jumped onto the roof of the servants' quarters of Emmett Wells' house, which I assume is a neighbor. Then he walked down a wooden walkway, climbed over a kitchen roof, and went into her bedroom window. He was very athletic. And, and, but, but here's the thing. He was drunk. Like, supposedly he was just blackout, blackout drunk. So then my question is to you, I've obviously never been blackout drunk like that, but when you are drunk, are you doing all those kinds of ninja moves? Jumping on rooftops and over things and... Well, the colonel limited his uh, alcohol intake, you know that. But, I do know uh, that. You, but I, you actually should drink more. Even being a little tipsy, I have done some uh, amazing things. This, this is fascinating to me because he's plowed and he's jumping on roofs like... Well, I mean, you got to. If he wasn't drunk, he wouldn't have the nerve to jump across the roof. If he's five four and a half, what do you think about how well endowed he would be? What? I bet. I bet they called a boy tripod. No, 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 no. New. Mm-hmm. Five four. Just, so, just raising the question. No, I'm just saying. It doesn't matter. You know what? He probably used it to catapult from building to building. Well, That's he, how he got over there. God. You know, and then I have this picture. Remember those little um, octopuses that you used to throw against the wall and then they <laughs> would, like, stick. yeah, they'd, they'd stick, stick and, like, and come down. down. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he did that. Oh, my God. He was like Spider-Man. Yeah. But different. So he removes the screen to this poor old lady's bedroom, enters the room, and he, when he enters, he wakes her up. And he then chokes her and rapes her. Really, yeah, yeah violently, violently rapes her. She was like 70, right? She was. And um, after she was unconscious, he rents, He went through a room looking for valuables. He stole a bunch of her rings. But in the process of all this, he removed his, his own, he had a black celluloid prison ring. 
Yeah, that was a bad move. Well, and I'm not sure why. What is he trying on cocktail jewelry? Like why? <laughs> yeah, own it out. Why is own he up to the light? Or yeah, something? why is he removing his own? Ring? But anyway, so he removes his ring, but when he leaves, he doesn't retrieve it, and that's going to kind of screw him. Um, but he left. He left the bedroom and he hid the jewels in a barn, not far from from where he was. Um, and late next morning, um, the family. Uh, that lived downstairs noticed they hadn't heard her that morning and they thought she might be sick so they called they knocked on her door and you know tried to get her up they found that um, they found the door was locked and it had a skeleton key still inside the lock from the inside which prevented another key from being placed from the outside yeah so they knew he had someone had to come in through the so they were just they finally got they finally got in um, and they found her dead. Uh, and they, you know, the room, when the cops got there and everything, the room was otherwise tidy except for there were muddy footprints everywhere. Um, and they found this stup- this guy's stupid ring. So they had already um, suspected Rainey after several residents of Owensboro stated that they had seen him wearing that very same ring. He had a criminal record. Um, they were able to use um, what was new identification technique, which was fingerprinting. They got his fingerprints off of it. They established that he had touched things inside the bedroom. Um, and so they took off looking for him. Um, on the Wednesday following the discovering of the murder, uh, there was a guy that was working on the banks of the Ohio River and saw Bertha laying underneath Berthea, Berthea, I keep calling him Bertha, and that's not right. Berthea, laying under some bushes. Um, the guy's name was Figgins. He asked Berthea what he was doing, and he s- said he was cooling off. Now, I've seen the colonel lay under bushes and on the Ohio River. Many Who doesn't do Every once in a while, you catfish in, you just yeah. crawl you under. You cool bush. off. Yeah, cool off. That's really hot fan, do you? you Cover yourself in a little bit chilling. of mud. Yeah. yeah. Get yourself some crawdads. No, not ever. So he Figgins goes and reports this sighting to his supervisor and tells him to go to go ahead and call the police. But by the time that um, the supervisor got back to the spot where Bethia was, he'd already moved over to this place called Cole's Grocery. So the guy followed him and found a policeman in the drugstore. Um, but again, this guy just he eluded capture. Because he's like a ninja. He probably jumps on the side of a, another building and, you know, whatever. So he was late, spry. He was very spry. So later that afternoon, he was spotted again. Uh, but this time he was cornered on the riverbank after he tried to board a barge. Uh, police officer, officers questioned him. Uh, he denied that he was, he was, he was even Bethia. It's not me. It's not me. I don't know. I don't know. I've denied being myself before. I know. He claimed his name was James Smith. And oh. police kind of... James Smith, that is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm James Smith. I'm James Smith. Yeah, yeah that's my name. That's my name. Did he yeah. come up with a better alias? <laughs> no. So the police played along with this for a little while. Methuselah um, or something, you know. <laughs> but, you know, the police played along with it for a little while, and they took him in and because they were kind of fearing that a mob would develop if they learned that this was the guy that raped this. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So um, they waited until after his arrest 
they went ahead and, and he was definitely identified as Bethia through fingerprints and also through a scar that was on his hand. Um, he was, uh, he's just a hot mess. He was just really, he was a mess. He confessed, right? He confessed like five times. He confessed. Once he, once they found out he did it and had him in a, in a, Although he confessed five times, they don't say if they beat him with a stick or shocked him or whatever they did, which was not unusual, yeah. Yeah. Right. So, uh, you know, he just, this guy did this thing, and what was odd, we were talking about this before, was, you know, he went from kind of these petty, petty things, and then all of a sudden, he's raping and killing this old lady, like, out of the blue. Now, I understand everybody has a first, but... He was escalating. Quickly. Yeah, quickly escalating. He went from uh, age 26 with no record from then from that to disorderly conduct to uh, still in uh, Rand Larson age, still in purses, and from that to murder and rape. So, I mean, he he escalated pretty quickly. Well, the jury was out. It wasn't out very long, I don't think. No, they weren't out very long at all on that one. Um, they found him guilty. Obviously, he confessed, so it wasn't right. much, he didn't have much of it. So now they, <clears throat> this is a peculiar thing in this one, though. They only charged him with the rape. They did not charge him with the murder, um, even though he confessed to all this, the robbery, the rape, the whole nine yards. Because if they charge him with the, with the uh, murder... The state had to execute him, and that would be by the electric chair. Mm-hmm. If they charged him with just a rape, he could get executed in the county seat where the rape occurred, which would be Owenton, Kentucky. Yeah, and I think now, I mean, <clears throat> we're, we're so used to, you know, uh, thinking of the death penalty only in first-degree murder cases, but mm-hmm. in the past, there were other charges that oh, were yeah. be put to death for. You could get put to death for stealing an apple. Yeah, uh, or buggery. Buggery? Yeah. yeah. But in this yeah, case, rape... Attractive sheep. In this, <laughs> in this case... Sometimes was, they shake their behinds. They're just, you know... So, so... Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. They wanted the they wanted the execution to take place in Owensboro, so they went after him on the rape charge. Yeah, so they got him on the rape charge. <clears throat> so they're not, you know, which is a there's a couple peculiarities in this whole thing. Number one, the uh, sheriff was a woman. It was a woman. 1936. The sheriff is Good for her Lawrence Shoemaker Thompson. She's a uh, obviously she's 
1936. I'm guessing, well, she is a white woman, but, you know, they didn't have many black women sheriffs back then. No. They didn't have many um, women sheriffs at all. And then, no. She, and then she, for her, now, she was, she was, um, she was not a, uh, uh, I mean, obviously, she must have been a law and order person, but she was not, she was not the one who wanted this to happen in her, her jurisdiction. Wasn't it, didn't she take over for her husband? When her husband, the sheriff, he died, and yeah, somehow right, she, and she took over. Mm-hmm. Um, and so anyway, they're gonna hang. Now hanging, I don't know how much of you people know about hanging, but the colonel give you a little lesson. Oh, uh, great! There's, there's three things that can happen in a hanging. None of them good. None of them good. None of them good. Ideally, you get, and in the old days when it was a. Uh, Gonna get hung. Mm-hmm. The person who is getting hung sometimes will give the hangman a little bit of money to make sure he got it right. Because yeah, but could you really hold him to that? Um, yeah, there was a there, there's a there's a code of honor among hangmen. Oh, okay. Um, and and this, this is a peculiar thing because Sheriff Davies had to get a uh, professional hangman to come in and do this for. So now with a the hanging, there's three things that can happen to you. Mm-hmm. One, ideally, now think about this. These are your best options. Ideal, the best option is they get the length of the rope right, because it all has to do with your body weight, the length of the rope, how far you're going to drop, everything else. Well, he's some, very light. There's some math involved in this. Yeah, and and, and hangman, they Hanging's went on that good for math. It's, it's really not even math. It's like trigonometry and right, right. physics. Physics. And, uh... So if they get it right, if they get the length of the rope right, gauging your weight, everything else, um, your next snapshot, Mac, you just, you're dead. Right. It's all over. Now, the other thing can happen is they don't get the rope long enough and uh, for your body weight. <clears throat> and what happens there is you dangle there until you strangle. Choke. You choke dangle until you strangle. Yeah. It's the, they, call it the, they call it the rope dance. You just kick your feet and everything else, and sometimes it can take 15, 20 minutes. It's an ugly, gruesome thing to watch. But it ain't nearly as gruesome as if they get the rope too long for your body weight. If they get the rope too long and you pick up too much speed on the way down... It snaps your neck or something, doesn't it? It takes your head clean off your shoulders. Now well, that'll work, too. Yeah. Now, that's instant death, but, you know, it don't make well, it much Well, if they made it too long, you could just run away. Well, yeah, you could you could get to so you wouldn't get very far. <laughs> you wouldn't get very far. At some point, you would get tugged. Yeah, yeah. Which one time? Uh, this is off the subject, but the colonel and this was this was a very amusing story. My my niece, she had a big big yard, and she had a dog that liked to run. Mm-hmm. So she had a two hundred foot wire that she could hook this dog up on, and he could run back and forth on this wire. And they was having a party, and you know I got got the three boys and Logan. Logan was a little bit of he had a lot of energy to him. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I just took the little wire and I hooked it to his belt loop, and let him run all over the yard, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. He was having a time of his life. And you know when them women came out there, every one of them yelled at me and called me a bad daddy. I know. Little boy, have your fun. kid tied up like a dog. He was having fun. I mean, fun. you could be using an invisible fence. That would have been... Well, that's, that's better. Yeah, I did that one to Taylor. 
Um, but anyway, to get back to the story. Yes, back to um, the hanging <clears throat> of, of... Now, Florence Virginia. did not actually, the sheriff... Now, th- this is where it gets... This is really the story. That there was a lot of people yeah. showed up for this execution. Twenty. Now, think about this, Timmy. Think about this. If Bon Jovi come into town today... Yeah. They can't get 20,000 no. people together. No. The only person get 20,000 people together come around here, maybe Bruce Springsteen. But, uh, so, but think about this. A public execution back in 1936 drew more people. I mean, you could probably, if the more, president would have come to Owenton, maybe they could have got 20,000. More than the Reds do. Yeah, more than the Reds do on the night. They didn't um, charge any admission, <laughs> but it was like a party. I mean, bars were... Well, Ours were packed. They had they were having hanging parties at homes. Um, and part of the the national spotlight on this was due to the fact not only of the the murder but due to the fact of the this oddity of the female sheriff. The female, the um, you know, you, you got to and you got to remember these are back in the days of sensational journalism, right? Um, where it was. Uh, you got a seventy year old victim who's white. Mm-hmm. You got a, a black. Um, a perpetrator tiny, of tiny that crime. Man. Yeah, black perpetrator of the crime. And Kentucky wasn't the most progressive place in the world in 1930. It was not. Um, no, it was not in 1936. Um, it was not in 1986 86. or 2006. And to my friends in Kentucky, I apologize that you have to live in such a godforsaken place. I live in Kentucky. I know. I'm right across the river from Kentucky. Yeah. And, you know, and, and one of the... Kentucky's one of, a wonderful <clears throat> state. It's just that it has... You know what one of the joys the colonel got this weekend okay. was watching the undefeated Kentucky team go home. That's not nice, Colonel. No, well, if our fans are UK fans are listening, I'm a, the Colonel a loyal Bearcat fan. You cannot. Well, I'm a Bearcat Kentucky. fan too, but there's the UK. You can't be both. You can't be both. Are you a Duke fan? I'm indifferent to Duke. Okay, back to the story. So, but anyway, let's get back to this. Twenty now, twenty thousand people showing up, and it was really a party atmosphere, and, and this was very disturbing to, especially the sheriff. Now, the sheriff, she she don't even know what to do. She actually did not pull the lever when um, he got home. Right. She got uh, someone um, volunteered, right? Someone volunteered. She didn't want to do it. Um, her, her only statement um, was that I'm going to spend the rest of my life forgetting or trying to forget this. Yeah, it wasn't um, a pleasant experience. And the, and no, it, was, guy, it was very much a burden on this poor woman. She did not... Um, and and the volunteer who stepped forward to was a local law enforcement officer, and he showed up intoxicated. Yeah, he showed up. Cloud. He showed up drunk. Yeah, he was um, drunk. Yeah, and he. Uh, now the it the it, the actual execution and and what was weird about this whole thing is that the the night before and the day leading up to it, it was like a uh, like a carnival. It was like mm-hmm. a big thing. Now the day of it. Once they got to the execution, it became more of a samba thing, even for the twenty thousand people there. But you know, they still, they still wanted to see it. Um, so that's. Um, so, do you think it would have had the same carnival-like atmosphere? And, and and I know that there is, you know, like you said, there there was sensationalism going on, and some of it was more. Um, some of it was the newspapers making a bigger deal out of it than than probably occurred. But do you think it would have been as 
a big a deal if if it had been uh, if if the um, uh, if the guy getting hanged wasn't black. I, you know, I don't think so. I, th- I think that, well, I think that uh, at that time, you know, unfortunately, part of our history is at that time still people were getting lynched. Right. You know, so it was. Uh, it was like a. It was kind but, of a, it was kind of a legal lynching. Um, right. You know, people got the. Although the evidence against him was. No, I mean, I'm not saying, but you know what I'm right, saying. People right. were getting lynched. Um, and this was people's way to see what a lynching looked like, a hanging, you know. Yeah. Most people, I'd assume, had never seen something like that. Um, well, now, the guy who threw, they were talking about the guy who threw the trap door was drunk, and then they were, the press also reported that the crowd um, rushed the gallows to grab souvenirs from the corpse. Yes, they did, the people that was up close. But there was, there was a review of the case in 92 that included interviews with surviving witnesses, and there was saying nothing like that happened, that it was a very, well, very dignified... Owenton, the people of Owenton, this is something... Owensburg. A somber mob. Owensburg. Owensburg, I keep getting that wrong. Uh, they keep... Owensboro. Yeah. Um, they, uh... This is something they, they try to change the history on a little bit. They, they don't want to be reminded that they was the last ones. They're kind of ashamed of it. It's kind of like Dallas and the Kennedy thing. So a lot of so there's some disagreement as to the so people from Owensboro will say some revisionist no, very, history going on. Yeah, the people of Owensboro will say no, it was very dignified. It was very this, but the newspapers that were there at the time, now they could have been lying too. But well, you um, just we just said that there was sensational journalism, and right? So you don't really know who to believe on that one. You know, but, if twenty thousand people show up to see a guy get hung, uh, hanged, I'm not sure how dignified that is. Even if there's, you know, even if they're quiet, I mean, it seems like it's a ghoulish type of thing to me. Well, and that's the only way you could could describe a hanging as ghoulish. It's it's really one of the most ghoulish ways you could kill somebody. Um, they could chop the heads off, but you know they're going to die right then. Mm-hmm. You electrocute them. Sometimes they catch on fire. So after this happened, um, there's a big. We were saying in the press, they they really played up. Uh, they they went there for the story of the lady executioner, which didn't happen. So they played right. up this carnival-like atmosphere. As Brandy said, there's there's different accounts. Some say that it was a somber somber crowd that were you know they they respected the, the process and. We're not, you know, yelling and being all crazy, acting all crazy. And then the press played it up like it was this, uh, you know, this sporting event, actually. Yeah, and here's a quote from Time magazine. Every ball was packed to the doors, down the main street. Tipsy tipsy merrymakers rollicked all night. Hanging parties were held in many a home. That's Time Magazine. Yeah. So now that could have been sensationalism. The, here's the other thing to think about now. We, when we argue about the death penalty today, um, you know, it, what, it, it doesn't really matter what side of the death penalty you're on. Um, the fact is that putting somebody, giving somebody a death sentence costs a whole lot more money than, um, than sending them to life without parole. Because they don't get all the appeals, they don't get all this, they don't get all that. Um, and it takes 10, 15 years to send somebody to, to the table now. Not, I say the chair, but now it's a lethal injection table. This guy was convicted in June 
and hung in August. Yeah, it was. Um, it takes the colonel longer to get a, an appointment with his dental hygienist. I mean, he did not. Yeah. He didn't get many appeals. He didn't, and you know why he didn't get those appeals? It was rape. It was yeah. at the county level, and it was just rape. I think we've run into that a couple of times where people were tried very quickly, yeah. very yeah. quickly, and you know they reached a verdict and then they carried it out. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and it's not to say this guy wasn't guilty. It's, right. it's just you know the the argument for. Right now, the argument that people make against the death penalty is how long it takes. There's no swift justice. There's no, you know. We can arrange. We can rearrange that. Back then, like June to August, he was he was he was convicted in the summer and hung in the summer. I I don't know why we don't do that now. Well, I I believe we like to be a little more prudent in the people we execute. Um, the colonel's all for prudence. Yeah, you're all you're a prudent guy. I'm a prudent man. I'm a prudent right. man. Right. It's funny. The uh, I was reading an article uh, about the colonies and some of the colonies. Um, you know, after this occurred, um, and, I, and you may maybe you were going to go into this, but after this, the 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 upshot of all this is after this occurred and the negative publicity well, surrounded. They, they banned the public executions. They banned and Kentucky banned public executions. Yeah. Was the last state to do so. Then was uh, Governor Happy Chandler. Although Chandler wasn't happy about it. Yeah. Chandler was not happy about having to do that. He said, our streets will no longer be safe. Yeah. He believed that if you hung people or killed people in public, made an example of them. Made an example of them. You know, and it's funny because you, you you're talking about the debate of the death penalty. There, there is arguments on both sides for public executions. For those who are pro-death um, penalty, it's... It serves as an example, uh, like you said. For those who are anti-death penalty, many believe if, if they were made public, um, that you would see, you know, the public would see how gruesome it is, and they would be some um, uh, out there. They would be some um, pushback in terms of. Um, the death penalty. So, well, I think one, one of the things that I was reading was interesting in the colonies before, uh, and you know, before the, the country was formed in the 1600s, a lot of the uh, communities uh, banned public executions because they were a magnet for uh, pickpockets. Yeah, people would show up and thieves would show up and and um, you know steal. During these executions, so the deterrent factor it makes you question whether or not. Now, in the colonies, though, they did not mind, and this goes back to they would put you in the stockades in public. Yeah. And what could happen to you in the stockades late at night when you was in the stockade? Are you kidding me right now? No. Well, it was it. it was not an uncommon practice for some going person up. to come buttery. to get buggered in the middle of the night while they was in the stockade. Now they didn't get the death penalty. But okay, uh, so the last public execution. Any final thoughts on on that, Brandy? No. No uh, final thoughts, Colonel. Any final thoughts on the last public execution? Um, not. I mean, I, I don't believe that we should execute pu- people publicly. I, I, I'm not really sure from the colonel's position that we should be executing people at all, um, because we keep finding flaws in our system. That's not to say I'm not for justice and I'm not for right. the death penalty. I just think that we have a uh, 
Well, and then some people feel that certainly 15, well, if over 15,000 people were executed, you know, just... Now, that kept crime down quite a bit. Right, but, I mean, you know, you had to, out of 15,000, there's probably been, you know, some that were executed uh, that were not... Well, I'm sure that out of 15,000, most of them were guilty. Probably most were, but there were probably some that were not. But, uh, right, the colonel can't be sure of every 15,000. And and I find it, here's another thing I find interesting is we kill people, we execute people, um, and, and this is not taking a stand either way. We keep trying to perfect the most painless, humane way to kill them. Uh, yeah, I think that's bullshit. I mean, what? We're killing them. Yeah. I mean, the most to well, me you can't kill them if they have a cold. Why don't we give them just? Why don't we go back to the firing squads? The firing squads were pretty effective. They were pretty efficient. And they were pretty. But now we got lethal injection. The person's not, but you know, you see those get botched all the time. The electric chair was supposed to be the answer to that, but then people was catching on fire. They wasn't dying right away. Um, why don't we go back to the firing squad? Yeah, because you you get three good shot or six good shots up there and take six in the forehead. You ain't gonna you ain't gonna feel nothing. You ain't gonna botch it. Yeah, I mean uh, the death penalty. I, I, I guess I have mixed emotions on it. I, I, you know, it's hard to defend when you've got it's really heinous crimes where you got people killing children and things like that. My only problem with it is the I don't per, per, personally I don't believe the state has the right to take a life, but um, that. It, you know, and I think that a uh, life in prison is uh, not uh, very appealing to me. So, with that... Oh, this was a Colombian female prison, women's prison. Anything else? Or should we wrap this thing up? Any more shout-outs? <clears throat> You're a commie. No more shout-outs. You're against the death penalty. I, that surprises me, because you seem like a law-and-order type guy. Uh, He's a cop. Well, like like I said, I'm I I'm not. I it's not infallible. I don't think people. I don't think the justice system is infallible. And I think there's certainly been people put to death who probably were innocent. And uh, until we can perfect um, perfect it, um, I don't think we should be putting people to death. But like I said, uh, the and I think that the life imprisonment is a uh, uh, is a worse penalty to me. I I would much rather be executed and spend the remainder of my life in prison. Although sometimes these podcasts seem like prison. So well, I think we should just. I I'm, I'm against it just on the economic terms. Oh, just, I see. Just for the cost, it costs taxpayers too much money to execute somebody. Unless when you're on your way to the to the trial or whatever you. Toss them out of the police car, drag them behind you for a couple hundred yards, and then they show up and they're dead. There's no trial, nothing. Okay, so that's the last public execution. Um, we will um, um, be off for a couple of weeks. You want to tell them why we're going to be off for a couple of weeks? The colonel will be campaigning in Iowa. And he's going to be out in Des Moines. He's got a big uh, event going on out there. And then in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, I understand you got a 
uh, a big uh, clam bake going on in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. I don't even know if they um, have clams up actually, there. Actually, is it New Hampshire? Because I thought I was going to Portsmouth, Ohio. And no, no, no. The Ohio primary is much later on. You want to get up in New Hampshire. I want to get a head start on Ohio. Well, it's, Ohio's a big state. It is. So uh, look for the Colonel out on the campaign trail and look for us on our Facebook page, History Dweebs. Uh, look for us on iTunes and on Stitcher. And please, if you're listening to us on iTunes, take a minute and leave us a review. And if it's a positive review, we would love it. If it's a negative review, we'll probably uh, make fun of you next time. But that's okay. You probably won't be listening next time. So anyway, until next time, this is Tim, and we'll talk to you all again real soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.